0: download the anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started hey it's the nobody likes casey McLean podcast your favorite podcast to hate um you might be able to hear some uh church bells in the background that's what happens in my house at noon o- at noon o'clock at noon o'clock it's about noon when i'm recording this um yeah, I mean, please don't shylaboof uh dox me. Like what was that story like the 4chan guys doxed shylaboof. Uh I have some stand-up dates coming up. Uh some stuff has changed for the good, by the way. Uh the last weekend of October, Halloween weekend, but not Halloween actually, I will be in Montana. On a Wednesday, it's looking like Butte, Montana, Thursday, Billings, Friday, Helena, and Saturday at Last Best Comedy Club in Bozeman, Montana. And I may be recording, well, I'm going to be recording video of every set, but I might be using basically what I'm going to do for the next couple months, Because as I've talked about this on the podcast a whole bunch. I am. uh, I'm trying to get like a chunk of material recorded to release because I'm sick of telling it. It is becoming somewhat pathetic to still be talking about this event in my life, this many years later. Uh, One of the jokes is like truly the first joke I ever wrote. I mean, it's been rewritten many times, but it's the it's the framework of the first joke I ever wrote. So we got to get these jokes off the goddamn books, okay? Uh, I've had a couple snafus. Recording them in the past. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to record sets in Montana, in Spokane, in Tacoma, in Tacoma again. So come check me out. And then in where where else am I at? Montana, Spokane, Tacoma. Is that it? I also uh I'm I'm either going to headline, um, Airport Tavern, which is my every Wednesday show. I'm going to record. A headlining set either December 1st, December 8th, or both. So come on out. Come on out every week, by the way. We're, uh, if you're listening to this the day of, we have this pretty amazing lineup for a new material show, which is, uh, Corey Michaelis, Luke Severide, Kane Holloway, and, uh, Ashley Russian. Four headliners for free. Doing 20 minutes of their newest material. So come on out and check that out. It's going to be it's gonna be very fun. All right. And then go to thecaseymcclain.com if you want to see stand-up dates. Now, this weekend was the Taylor Bonser wedding. Taylor Bonser slash Laura, his wife, wedding. And it was very fun. I got to test my ability to consume alcohol for like an entire day. And I did it. I did it responsibly. We had whiskey in the morning, like responsible adults. Just a couple of polls here and there. I posted a picture on Instagram of Taylor drinking out of a flask right outside the wedding venue. It was pretty cool. Pretty fun. Pretty fun day. I mean, I think when you're a kid wedding with, this is the deal. Weddings are just a party now, right? Especially when it's people you're friends with. You know, when it's like when it's your cousin and they're religious and it's a dry wedding, like that's different. But this is like, this is a, it was a fun, very fun wedding. And then on Sunday, it was my wife's birthday was on Monday. So on Sunday we went to dinner. We went to dinner, had a couple, had a couple drinks. We went to this, one of these movie theaters that serves alcohol and we went and saw The Many Saints of Newark, which we discovered, we got like my sister to come over and babysit. And that morning, we discovered that the movie was available for free on HBO Max, which we already pay for HBO Max. So we pumped like another $60 into the the economy to go see this movie, which is fine. A couple couple beers, some tickets, uh, a trip over the, the Narrows Bridge in Tacoma to go to Gig Harbor to see this movie and drink alcohol while we watched it. We had a pretty good sushi place, bad service. I'm not going to mention the name because of the bad service, but, um, let's talk about the movie because I'm a big Sopranos fan. And this is the first time I've ever been able to watch a movie and go be enough of a fan of the show of the of the cannon? Is that the right word? I don't know any of these words. I found out that cannon wasn't just the name of a camera or a a device that shoots cannonballs. Like a couple years ago. I had no idea that like the literary or cinematic term canon. So uh It's but this is the first time I've ever been like a big enough fan of the the origin of of this. So this is a pre Many Saints of Newark is a prequel to the Sopranos TV show, probably a prequel. I mean, I don't know what the. I think there were some plans for a Sopranos movie, already, but the guy who played Tony Soprano, James Gandolfini, passed away, and I, that had to have severely hindered their uh, their plans. So I have a couple thoughts on this movie. First off, one of the challenges of a movie like this that's got one. Of, I I actually think like TV is doing an amazing job. We watched this, uh, the show Fargo. We've watched all four seasons of Fargo. So that's like, that's like, I mean, 40 plus hours of content. And then we watched the movie after having watched all four seasons. And it's, it's true of that. In my opinion, it is true of the movie to TV show, uh, comparison there. And in that case, the movie came out and then these shows have come out since where in this case, this TV show existed. And then they, and I think that the problem with the problems are different, but one of the things that's very obvious is that on a TV show like that, you're really able to develop characters in a way that's just not possible in a movie because when you have like a 15 or 10, 10 episode season, they're an hour long. You could take a whole episode. I mean, and S- Sopranos did this, like take a whole episode and explore one character or explore one event with these characters. And in this movie, they're just like trying to jam every character that you're nostalgic for in. They got a uh, Polly Walnuts is in there and, and Silvio. These are characters in the, in the show. You, uh, the I did kinda like the the and I'm not gonna give any there is like one kind of like twist. One twist. Um But one thing that I thought was kinda cool is that the movie follows the life of Dickie Maltesanti, who is if you're familiar with the show, he is Chris's dad who died when Chris was very young, this is not a spoiler, this is known in the, in the Sopranos canon, but it, to me, the movie felt like they were just like, we got to get all these characters that we got to get uh Hessian. We got to get, um, there's, and there's laughs and there's fun stuff, but it's like, we got to fill, we gotta, we gotta serve every, we gotta serve. What is that fan? Ser- we got to serve the fandom of everybody. And I was at the movie theater and somebody said like, I probably would have liked the movie more if I had ever watched Sopranos. And they're certainly right. This movie does not stand alone. Uh, But I think it was, it was like pretty, it was like a, like a cursory view is what it felt like. It seems like they opened themselves up for like a, another prequel, which by the way, so James Gandolfini's son played young James Ga- or played young Tony Soprano. He was fine. I didn't mind any of the actors. It's always going to be diff- difficult to be like true to the character when the characters are so established and you have to play them at a different age. So, if you're familiar with the series, Junior Soprano was great. Silvio my pal uh Ronan Hershberg tweeted a critique of uh of Silvio. But Silvio on the show is like a cartoon character. Polly Walnuts, like I said, is there. Um there was nobody that I like disliked. I just thought that the movie it's just like such a such a surface view, which is disappointing from a show that's like such a deep even even the concept of the show is these are mobsters, but they're also like, you never think of mobsters as like trying to save up money for their children to go to college. It was like a very, Sopranos is like a very real practical look at what it's like to be a mobster, in my opinion. And this movie, it kind of like cut all the you know like it cut all the it cut so much fat off that there was no more flavor, just a tough high in protein piece of meat um and even like there's a line in the movie that's again not a not a spoiler, but junior soprano says this thing he goes uh he doesn't have the makings of a vosity athlete that's a bad uh that's a bad impression, but it's a line that's that's in reference to it's in reference to a uh, a key moment in the TV show that like doesn't wouldn't be important if you're watching the movie and you've never seen it, I gotta imagine you're like, why the hell does why is that important? Why do we care about Junior's opinion on Tony Soprano as a as a varsity athlete? And I think similarly, like I, I remember going and seeing The Hulk as a kid and there being these like nerd dudes there, and they're like losing their mind over certain like cameos that mean so much to them but mean absolutely nothing to me. And so um so yeah, I guess like I'm giving it a B minus. This isn't a movie re- uh, movie review podcast, but I'm giving it a B minus. Also, they did this thing be- because they couldn't really push the plot like they would the TV show, they had the actor that plays Chris Maltesanti narrate. And I'm not like a big movie snob, but it's kind of like a a well-worn ground that when you have a narrator, it is because you have not figured out a way to move the plot forward fast enough or good enough And that's kind of what it felt like. It was like a little bit like on the nose to have Chris Maltasanti from heaven narrating. And you're going to know that very early again. I'm not spoiling it. All right, we're going to move on because once again, I have a time constraint. We are going to talk about sports at the end. We got three uh, sports things to talk about. I had had another uh, friend conflict that I'm going to talk about on the podcast because I don't have a therapist and uh, I don't have the ability to confront someone with honesty so I'm gonna talk about it on the podcast I had so I'm 35 years old I make I make pretty good money um, between comedy and my day job I make pretty good money I'm we, my wife and I live comfortably we're trustworthy people I've never uh, I've never stolen I've never I've never cheated on my wife've I'm a very honest person I've uh, I believe that I am generous if not warm my my, my wife's best friend describes me as uh, kind but not warm I think I'm kind and generous but not warm I've given I don't think anybody in my life, has a reason to distrust me. This is something I take pride in is being trustworthy and, and um honest. And so I'm working on this. uh There's, you know, some, some stuff in the works potentially for another podcast that I will be a co-host of to give it, you know, the most vague description possible. And I'm, I like these microphones that I have, but I'd like to try a couple other microphones. And part of the problem is I don't want to spend. I mean, I, part of the. I mean, I guess I just talked about how goddamn filthy rich I am, but uh, I don't want to spend four hundred dollars to try a microphone to find out that I don't like it or that it doesn't sound great on my equipment. I'm happy with what I'm using right now, but I think that it's possible that these other microphones would sound better. And I have a friend that owns one of these microphones. They're a Shure SM7B. It is not a, not an uncommon microphone. I know multiple people that have them. He is a friend of mine who, I will say this, we have like a, I would almost call it like a mutually exploitative relationship, which is to say that, I ha- and by the way, I'm setting a timer right now because I do have to get off of this whole, uh, this whole podcast in 20 minutes or less. We have like a mutually exploitative relationship, which is to say, we're not like constantly hanging out. He gets invited to every one of my, you know, like, um, like friend gatherings, but we're not like constantly hanging out, but like, He's, I will, I'll give him this credit for this. He has helped us move the last two times we have moved. By the way, I've helped him move. I've helped him, you know, I was talking to him through a breakup a lot. Through some pretty dark times in his life, I've talked to him uh, quite a bit. Boy, this is like, this is pretty gnarly to be talking about this. I'm being vague on purpose, but let me just acknowledge that, like, I understand that, uh And especially, dude, if you're out there listening, I'm just venting on this because it's something to vent on and I'm, uh, you know, I'm just vent, I'm just using our relationship for entertainment. (laughs) Just know that I know this is not the nicest, uh, thing. I asked to borrow his microphone. He's not using it, not using it on a regular basis. Um. And he, like, started interrogating me about what I'm going to use it for and then started offering me other micro. Part of the thing is this guy and I both took radio broadcasting classes, but he's kind of an elitist who thinks that he knows more about audio production than I do. He doesn't. I can guarantee you that. He does not. He has worked uh, as an intern in radio. I have not, but I have certainly made more money doing audio production. Maybe that's not true. Maybe no, I think that's true. I think i made more money doing audio production than him even. But there's a thing, there's also a thing where like he met me when I was 23 and like, you know, partied 23, 21, I think partied pretty hard in his mind. I'm like a party animal. Nobody that has met me in the last eight years has that impression of me, by the way, but because he met me at this younger age, I think there's like this carryover, like, and I wasn't irresponsible. By the way, I was paying my own goddamn rent. I've never, I've, uh, ah, this is, I hate when adults treat you like children. It really bothers me. And I've realized this in the last couple months that I have like a hair, a hair trigger for being treated like a child. So I asked to borrow this microphone for a week and a a week is an arbitrary number because I really only need to use it like for a day, but I just don't know that I'm going to be able to have the time. I have a fucking child, a mediocre comedy career. I have a day job. I have uh, other obligations. I have this show I'm trying to produce at airport tavern. Please come out for the love of God. If I put a, a microphone in my house, I don't know that I'm going to go use it immediately. And so he's giving me all of these suggestions on alternate use a different mic. I have a different microphone. You can just, I have, a, you could go to Guitar Center. I want to compare it to my own goddamn microphone right here where I'm sitting right now. I'd like, I wish I was recording this podcast talking into both microphones so I could just hear exactly how it sounds in comparison. That's what I wanted to do. And this motherfucker, <laughs> it's his property. He has no obligation to, to, but this is the thing that bothers me is he's like, well, I don't know. It's pretty suspicious that you want it for a week. Like suspicious. What have I, what have I ever acted suspicious? I've never given this dude a reason not to trust me. Um, I did, by the way, I did fuck up a couple weeks ago. I will say I take a lot of pride in being trustworthy and I had a friend of mine confide in me. I didn't realize he was confiding to such a confidential degree, but He confided in me about a friend of mine, and then I passed that information along to a friend of mine, and then that friend uh, (laughs) complained about it on Facebook in a way that made it very, very, very obvious that I was the one that told him. I fucked up, and I apologized. I'm trustworthy. I hate being treated like a child or a criminal when I've given no reason for that. So, I don't know. I pretty much told the guy to fuck off. <laughs> my own friend, I told the fuck off. I'm not good at this. I'm not good at, uh... but also I think like, you got to have standards for the way people in your life treat you, right? My my sister and I, it's kind of a cool moment actually, around Christmas, we bought my mom a computer for christmas that was her christmas gift and we were i mean christmas is very busy for everybody i asked my sister i was like hey can you just go to the store and buy it and we'll figure out the money part later without hesitation she goes and does that full trust that i'm gonna pay her back that's the kind of relationship that I need now, if my sister had two hundred dollars in the bank account and that two hundred dollars was earmarked for this computer, and there's no way she could swing it for a for a day or two days, yeah, I get that, but I'm happy that we are not only successful enough, and I recognize this is is privilege, but we are successful enough. To be able to have, you know, an extra, I think it was like, I mean, I don't even know what the computer cost, but to have an extra half of the cost of a computer available to go spend on, to go float for a couple days. I understand that that's some amount of privilege, but also the, like the level of trust in each other, because we're both contributing members of society, reliable adults. That, and I would do the same. Yeah, I'll swing an extra, whatever, a thousand dollars. Yes, we can float that for a couple days. Now, if it becomes weeks and weeks down the road, and she hasn't paid me back, but we wouldn't get. I'm very. I'm a big believer in like, give people small opportunities to lose your trust. I'll let anybody in the world borrow 20 bucks. That's a very cheap lesson. I would never get to the point where we were floating a thousand dollars as like the first thing. Um. So yeah, ultimately I think that was the concern is like, I'm going to break this microphone. I'm going to lose this microphone. I'm going to keep this microphone. And for me, it's like, I wish you could know how quickly I would just go fucking buy you a new microphone, but I'm not going to beg another adult to borrow a thing that, as a friend, I should just be like, it should just be like, yeah, sure. Or, hey, man, I'm going to need it in less than a week. Can we at least, can we wait a week? Can we, can we make it four days? Whatever. Fine. But to just go into this, like, to think that it's like some... Suspicious, nefarious thing to to be asking to borrow something is just so goddamn annoying. And I, uh, I aspire to hang out with more d- adults than children like this as I get older. All right. I guess we got to go kind of quick because I got 11 more minutes. The Mariners missed the playoffs. Uh, this is not, <laughs> unfortunately, this has been the truth for. Uh, 20, 20 years, maybe 21 seasons now, 20 seasons. Um, The longest drought in NBA, MLB, NHL, or NFL in those leagues right now. And frankly, the Mariners were not a good team this year. Their record was good. Their performance was bad. It's kind of like the randomness of sports, right? The Mariners have been recipients of bad luck over the course of many years in this this year, they were about as lucky as a team can be and missed the playoffs I think by one game uh that's pretty remarkable, but it's also to me it's like a caution when did this happen? I think it happened in like two thousand eight maybe it was no no it wasn't two thousand eight it was two thousand. Shit, I was, I'm trying to think because I was dating my wife, so it had to be at least 2010. I'm going 2010 was, um, the year they traded for Cliff Lee. Maybe 2011. God, I thought 2008 was the Jack Sorrensic. but figure. Anyways. I just, what I don't want is the Mariners to confuse the luck of 2000 or of 2021 with them being a better team than they are and then selling their future. Now, if they don't have a lot of money on the books, I don't think for 2022. And so if that's the case and they want to go spend money on contracts and not give up future assets, I'm fully on board. Fully on board. But what I'm worried about is the Mariners trading away their future to try to win immediately because they're not a good team. All right. The Seahawks won a game against the 49ers. It was uh, it was an interesting game because they felt, at one point at the beginning, I tweeted this, but it felt like the Seahawks were down three scores. And I think the game was tied. They were being dominated so definitively in the first half and then a combination of things happened. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo uh, didn't play the second half. Trey Lance didn't play incredible. Also, they had pretty good luck. They got a, they got an interception. They had the, uh, the 49ers kicker, Robbie Gould, didn't play. And so their punter was their place kicker. And he missed a 41-yard field goal, which is probably a pretty high probability kick for Robbie Gould. And the Seahawks felt like the team from the, you know, 2010, the early part of that decade that's hard to describe, the 2010s, uh, again, which is they just like squeezed a victory out of this pretty, pretty unlikely and maybe undeserving scenario. and then Andrew Wiggins Andrew Wiggins is a former number 1 overall pick I believe of the Cleveland Cavaliers he now plays at uh, in Golden State and he is one of the NBA players along with like I think Chris Paul and Kyrie Irving who are facing some issues because of these vaccine mandates in the states that they play in um Kyrie Irving plays in New York, Andrew Wiggins plays in California, and I think this is like a great example of some guys who, they represent, oh man, I wish I I wish I was prepared for this, but I saw this video about how, uh, how uh, gifted classes are like Rooted in white supremacy. And it was like pretty bad faith argument. And the ladies just getting shit on by minorities all over the, uh, all over Twitter. And I kind of feel like that's the, however you feel about vaccine mandates, there's no doubt that it's going to affect black and brown people more. The vaccination rates among black people are lower than, among white people. Um, and especially because of socioeconomic status and maybe racism and maybe systemic racism specifically, and maybe, you know, uh, the echoes of white supremacy or, or the, I think much quieter echoes of white supremacy today or, or yells of white supremacy today. These athletes, Or, uh, these, these athletes, these, uh, minorities are more likely to be in jobs that are like not, you're not able to go do them on a computer at home where you don't need to be vaccinated to enter the building. There's a lot more, uh, black and brown people in like retail jobs that are in person jobs by nature. And so I, yeah, I think this is like, a good way. I will say the majority of people are still just shitting on. It's actually like maybe a show that some people are at least genuine that they're just shitting on these guys for not getting it. But there's the, the messaging is ineffective and especially the messaging that this is just like a conservative, a conservative white issue. Uh, and I think that, I think the vaccine's good. But this is like a, oh my God, did we get to the fucking, we're talking about the goddamn vaccine again. All right, let's not do that. I'm going to end the podcast there. Uh, please come see me do stand-up comedy. That's why I do the podcast. Follow me at the Casey McLean everywhere. Thank you for listening to this podcast, and I will talk to you next week.